Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly slash keepthefaithbook. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano Chapter 14 Part 1 Wait! I exclaimed, trying to plant my feet firmly on the ground, but Nico was stronger. My mind and heart raced. Had Lucy been here all this time? He stopped in front of a greenhouse, pulling me to the blue door. He flashed me a grin before knocking. A few seconds later, the door opened and we were greeted by an older woman, whose face broke into a motherly smile as soon as she saw Nico. Manang Lourdes, is Lucy still awake? He asked in Ilongo. She just went to bed. Nico asked very politely if Lucy could go out for just a bit. And just like that, the lady opened the door for us. She was probably charmed by Nico. I would have been too, if not for the fact that I was about to meet THE Lucy. As we settled in the small living room, Manang Lourdes went to the bedroom and spoke softly. There was a muffled response, followed by footsteps, then a stream of Ilongo from a teenage girl who stomped out of the bedroom. Her words expressed her annoyance, but her sweet accent kept her from sounding completely irritated. She stopped speaking when she saw me. Then she looked at Nico with wide eyes. Lucy, this is Faith. Faith, meet my sister, Lucy, Nico said, waving his hands with a flourish. My eyes practically bulged when I heard the introduction. I looked at Lucy, who had long curly hair, big dark eyes, and a dimple that appeared when her lips broke out into a wide smile. I realized she was the curly-haired girl I saw with Nico outside the church. Your French fries, she exclaimed happily. I'm so glad to finally meet you. I quickly learned that Lucia Tamayo, Lucy for short, was a junior at Luna East Arts Academy, a posh high school in the south of the city. She was part of the outreach club, and was staying overnight at the San Antonio de Padua for an immersion that Nico had helped organize because their club ran into a problem with securing permits for their house-building project in another community. Not that Lucy needed more volunteer hours, because like her brother, she had spent a lot of time here already, especially after finding a kindred spirit in Manang Lourdes, whom Lucy thought crochet. She was also into singing and theater, and had a particular liking for baked goods, even if it wasn't good for her voice. She was excitable and talkative, a huge contrast from her older brother, who was pretty calm and steady most of the time. Ay, Manong never likes to talk about me, Lucy said, when I admitted I thought she was his girlfriend, and that Nico never said he had a sister here. Sometimes I think he pretends I don't exist. We accepted Manong Lourdes' offer of cold water, as the three of us gathered in the kitchen. She bid us a soft goodnight before retreating into the other bedroom. Is that why I didn't know you were here in San Antonio until now? Oh no, that's because he didn't want me to disturb your... Ga? Nico interrupted, his eyebrows twitching. Lucy giggled, but didn't continue. You were busy when we arrived, and you just don't come up in conversations, he argued. Oh, but Manong talks a lot about you, she exclaimed, turning to me. Like he's always talking about french fries and all that. He even asked me to help pick out that necklace. Ow! 
She brought her knee up so she could rub her shin, throwing an injured look at her brother. Nico reached over to ruffle his sister's hair, and I stifled a laugh as Lucy rolled her eyes. Lucy was the youngest in the family. School finished at 4.15, which explained her daily phone call to tell him that she was on her way home or if she was going somewhere else. I didn't talk too much because watching the Tamaya siblings talk and joke around was too fascinating. They'd explain the background stories of their anecdotes to make sure I didn't feel left out. Their banter reminded me of my siblings and me, and it felt homey and comfortable. Nico obviously doted on Lucy, and from the way she looked at him, it was easy to see that she saw him as her hero. We didn't stay too long because Lucy had to go to bed, as she was in charge of the activities for the other Luna East students the following morning. She kissed Nico on the cheek, and then, to my surprise, she turned to hug me. I'm really glad I met you, Manang, she said to me, her shy smile mirroring her brother's. She saw us out and waved one last time before she locked up the house. I blinked. Now that we were outside again, it seemed like a spell had been broken. I rubbed my arms, suddenly very aware of the silence and the amount of time Nico and I spent with each other today. Do you think, traffic flow-wise, it's safe to go home now? He asked, glancing at his watch as we started walking. I don't know. Maybe? Probably. I replied softly. Something heavy lodged itself in my stomach, and it took me a second to figure out that it was disappointment. It grew heavier with every step we took back to the plaza. All I wanted this afternoon was to be somewhere to kill time until I had to go home, and Nico had given me that and more. He had made me feel less lonely tonight by letting me into his world, and I found that I really liked being there. I wasn't ready to go back to my own. So, Nico said, after a pause. We were standing in the middle of intersecting pathways. One leading to the plaza, one to the community center, and one to the only available parking lot. The other path led to other parts of the village that I hadn't explored yet. It's late. We should probably go home. Yeah. I crossed my arms and looked away, trying not to show how I felt. When I looked up at him, his eyes searched mine, as if he was trying to determine whatever it was that was bothering me. Without a second thought, I blurted out, Do we have to go home now? He flashed a tiny smile. No, we don't. He reached for my hand. There's one more place I want to show you. Come on. In the heart of the village or what felt like the heart of it after all the paths and turns we took, was a chapel. It towered above the houses, a small stone structure painted in white and blue. It was already closed for the night, but the light was on over the chapel doors and another was lit up inside, illuminating the stained glass window. This is a nice place, I said softly, so as to not disturb the peace. It was so silent as if there was a dome that protected the chapel from everyday troubles and noise. Yeah, it is, Nico agreed. This is my second favorite place here, after a nice house. I could see why. We sat beside each other on one of the stone benches set on the grass surrounding the chapel. I spent a lot of time here when I was taking up my master's, especially on days when I was really homesick, he said, 
leaning back on his arms as he gazed up at the chapel. A lone streetlight flickered over us, dim and yellow, badly needing a replacement. There was a time I thought I wouldn't be able to go home in time for Lucy's birthday, which I really wanted to attend, because of my thesis. I think I lit an entire row of candles every day to pray for my schedule to fall into place. I made it just before her birthday ended. So why did you go back here if you liked it so much back home? Partly because of Lucy too, he answered. She worked hard for that Luna East scholarship. Best school to get started in theater nowadays, apparently. Someone had to stay with her because we didn't want her to be alone in the city, even if she'll be living with our aunt. I think she appreciates your being here, I said. Speaking of which, I can't believe you didn't tell me that Lucy was your sister. I thought she was your girlfriend. Hey, you never asked, he shrugged. That is a very gross assumption, by the way. How else would I know? I retorted. I never saw her name on your profile, and you call her Panga. Nico laughed. Of course. Lucy uses a different name online, something she and her theater friends are fond of doing for some reason. And French fries, you of all people should know that Panga is a common term of endearment in Iloilo, he argued. I'm sure you heard them refer to their families that way when you were there. I know that, but it's you! Nicolas Tamayo! Someone as amazing as you couldn't possibly be single! Silence followed my statement, save for the sound of my hand clapping across my mouth. Nico raised his eyebrows at me, and I looked away, cheeks burning in embarrassment. I could ask the same thing about you, he said softly. I took a peek at him. His eyes were doing that again, capturing me, making me feel vulnerable with the way he seemed to see through whatever defenses I put up. I looked away and focused on the chapel, following the outline of the structure and stopping at the cross, trying to ignore the feeling of his gaze on me. French fries, he said after a while, nudging me. I looked at him and saw he was also looking at the chapel. This is my safe place in Manila. Do you have one too? The first answer that entered my head was James, which was true, at least for the past five years that we were together. However, the more I thought about it, I found that there was another, truer answer. The field, I replied after a long pause, one that Nico had patiently waded through. I know it's not exactly one place, but... I feel safest when I'm out there, helping other people, when I'm in the thick of things, surrounded by the people we help out. Which is weird because, you know, calamity-stricken places aren't exactly the safest places around, but I feel at peace when I'm out there. Does that make sense? It's not weird. It's so... you. I smiled, grateful that he understood. Of course he would. So what else did this place witness in your life? I asked. Oh. That O oh sounded different. Even under the dim light, I could swear his cheeks were red. His watch beeped, sounding extraordinarily loud in the silence. He let out a low laugh when he glanced at the time. Well, he said, letting out a breath, running his hand through his hair several times which was a nervous tell of his that I had learned to recognize. 
I suppose since it's already Valentine's Day, it's just fitting to talk about this. I spent a lot of time here after my last relationship. This episode was sponsored by What Kind of Day by Mina V. Esguera. A senator's speechwriter accidentally joins a tour of his own city and through his passionate tour guide gets to experience a new side of Manila on what should have been the worst day of his career. Available on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Google Books, and other retailers worldwide. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano. Text copyright, Ana Tejano. Narrated by Jade Albert. Produced by Tanya Arpa and Mina V. Esguera. Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly slash keepthefaithbook. Season 3 of the Romance Class podcast features an unabridged audio version of a novel by a Filipino author featuring a Filipino narrator. We do this to make the work of Filipino authors more accessible to more readers and introduce Filipino voices in more ways than one. Help readers find us by leaving a review or a rating in Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any podcatcher of your choice. You can find the links to subscribe on romancepodcast.com. Subscribe, share, live tweet as you listen. Add hashtag romanceclass so we can find your reactions and feedback. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email mina at romancepodcast.com. Find more romance books by Filipino authors on romanceclassbooks.com. <laughs>